Hi there, and God bless you. I'm Brian Hallam. I pray that this message is a blessing to you. Thank you for downloading it, and thank you for following me on Twitter and Instagram and for liking and sharing what we post there. I just want you to know that I believe God wants to do something great in your life and in your family. So as we go into the Word today, let's go in with faith and hope and a high level of expectation for what God is going to do in your life. Amen. Amen. Well, turn to your neighbor, tell him you look good in church. Then open your Bible to Luke chapter number one. Luke chapter number one. Turn to your other neighbor, say, I'm sorry I didn't pick you when I said that. <laughs> Luke chapter one. We're going to talk just a little bit about what it means to walk in God's favor. Somebody say favor. The Bible says there was a lady named Elizabeth. And Elizabeth couldn't have any children, and the, the, the word of the Lord came through an angel to her, to her husband named Zechariah, or Zacharias, depending on which translation you're reading. He served the temple constantly, and the Bible says that, that, that the angel told him, said, you're about to have a boy, I want you to name him John. The Bible says Zechariah began to talk, and when he talked, he, he exposed his doubt. And, and what happened was, is God said, if I can't, if I can't trust you to say what I want you to say, you will not have a voice. And God made it where John could not, where Zacharias could not speak until the baby was born, actually until it was time to name the baby. So literally, uh, God will give you a word, but if you don't say what God says, God won't give you a voice. Now, I don't mean a natural voice. I don't mean he'll snatch. I'm talking about you can go. Through, have you ever just felt like you don't have a say? You don't have a voice in a matter. A lot of times God's not using somebody that's qualified. God just wants somebody who'll do what he said. Somebody say amen real loud. See, the reality is, is God's looking for somebody that'll just flat out do whatever he says do. Whatever God says do, do it. One of the greatest stories in our Bible is the first miracle that we have recorded that Jesus did. He turned a bunch of water into wine. And the way the miracle started, Jesus' mother, Mary, who we're going to read about in just a minute, looks at the people who were there and says to them, whatever Jesus says, do it. There are certain things in the Bible you don't have to think about. You just have to do about there are certain things in the Bible you don't have to understand fully. They're, we understand that we see through a glass darkly. We're not going to understand everything this side of heaven. A lot of the a lot of the kingdom of God is simple obedience. The Bible says obedience is better than sacrifice. So the Bible says that uh, uh, Elizabeth gets pregnant, and when she's in the sixth months of her pregnancy, that's when the angel begins to del- begins to visit Mary. That's where we pick up Luke one and twenty six. The Bible says this. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. Everybody say Mary. The angel came to her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with you. Blessed art thou among women. Number one, you are highly favored. But if you're taking notes, write this down. Favor has its moments. When we get, when we, when we get, uh, in a moment of favor, we like to talk about how, man, I got the job when I wasn't qualified. Look at God's favor. When we get talking about favor, we say, God brought me the right wife. God brought me the right, look at the favor of God. And it's all true. 
And it's all good. God brought me a great opportunity. I shouldn't have had the opportunity, but the favor of God. God's opening doors. No man can close. He's closing doors. I shouldn't walk through. I'm living in the favor of God. I'm walking in the favor of God. And we talk about that from a standpoint, but favor has its moments. The Bible says that he looked down and he saw Mary and he said this. He said, he said, listen, he said, you are highly favored. You have the favor of God on you. Now, now you got to picture who Mary is in this moment. At this point, Mary is a teenager engaged to be married to a guy named Joseph. Joseph was a carpenter. And uh, in those day and age, if you got engaged, the way you got unengaged was not taking the ring off. The way you got unengaged is you actually had to have a full-blown divorce. So literally, she was uh, betrothed or engaged to Joseph and was about to get married. So she was doing what, what most people would do that are about to get married. She's probably looking through bridal magazines, you know, going through Hebrew bride daily, praise the Lord. She liked all the bridal shows on Facebook and she's clicking and she's swiping and she's doing all the other stuff. She's thinking, I can't wait to get married. Oh, mom, what do you think about this dress? Oh, I'm going to have red velvet. No, I'm going to have birthday cake. No, I'm going to have wedding cake. I can't decide. I don't know, but it's going to be wonderful. Oh, what, what song do you want for the father, daughter, daughter dance? What song do you want? I don't know. All the thoughts of being married are on her mind. In other words, she is not thinking about having a baby in a barn. That's not on her mind. It's not even possible because the Bible says she's a virgin. It's impossible. It's not even on her radar. And all of a sudden, the, the, the Lord sends the angel Gabriel and says, you are highly favored. Well, highly favored does not necessarily come without a cost. Because the next thing that happened is she's put in a position to try to explain that she has been uh, she's, she now has a baby in her womb that was placed there by God. <laughs> I don't know about you. <laughs> Crystal and I, we dated for about a year. Praise the Lord. And then I did what Beyonce said. I put a ring on it. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and we were engaged for approximately a year. And if she would have come to me and said, I, I need to talk to you. <laughs> I got good news and bad news. Well, give me the good news, babe. God's doing a new thing. (laughs) Well, great. I mean, what's the bad news? I'm pregnant. (laughs) You're what? It's cool. God did it. Who is this man you called God? That's what I'd be thinking. Give me his address. Praise the Lord. Because sometimes what God puts inside of you, nobody around you is going to understand. But you got to carry it anyway. This is what favor is. Favor has a cost. The Bible says that she told Joseph. Joseph didn't believe her. But Joseph still passed the test. Because nobody could believe that because it had never happened before. But he said, here's the thing, Mary. He said, I, I, I love you. There's no doubt about it. He said, but we're going to have to split. 
but I'm going to do it privately because I don't want you killed. Because if everybody found out that you were pregnant outside of wedlock, they'd pull you out in the street and they'd kill you with rocks. He said, I don't want you killed, so I'm going to do it privately. And then all of a sudden, the Bible says that Joseph went to sleep and the angel visited him and says, I want you to know what Mary said to you is true. In other words, the word of the Lord was confirmed to Joseph. And all of a sudden, he goes to Mary and said, I understand exactly what's going on. He said, I'm with it. He said, let's get married. He said, I'm going to do everything that the Lord said. And he, he, said, he said, but here's what we have to do. I understand now you're almost nine months pregnant. I'm going to need you to get on this donkey. <laughs> I'm going to need you to ride across the Middle Eastern landscape. We're going to have to go to my hometown. He said, he said when we get there, I'll check you into the nicest hotel in town. You're going to love it. We'll have the baby there if we have to. We have to go. In other words, as soon as the Lord let Mary know favor was on her life, now all of a sudden challenges showed up. They get to Bethlehem. Maybe that's how it's been in your life. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe you have received a word from God, whether the Lord spoke personally to your heart or maybe you're reading the Bible and you just began to declare one of those promises. Maybe somebody, a man or a woman of God shared something with you and the next thing that happened was so unexpected that you couldn't put your hand on it. The reason is because favor has a cost. The favor of God means sonship. The favor of God means offspring, sonship, son, daughter. It means, it means an heir and a joint heir. You see, I grew up in a family where my, my parents, we, we, we had businesses and projects. It was a very small town. We worked all the time. We were either, we were either at school, we were at church, we were doing a sporting event or a band event, or we were working and that was it. And I'm not knocking it. I, I enjoyed it. I, I still do. I still, I still enjoy accomplishing things and going out. It's, it's, it's one of my greatest joys in life, but it's one of my greatest joys to teach my children those same, a lot of those same characteristics and traits. But at the end of it all, the, the sonship has a higher calling than a servant. Because a son is an heir. I, I remember we would go and we'd be working and, and, and dad would say something like, all right, all right, everybody, thanks for a great day. You know, I know we had to, we had to work a little late today, but, but you guys go have a great weekend. Let's hit it again next week. I'm like, praise the Lord. Let's go get some pizza or something. And he'd look at me. He said, I didn't say we were leaving. I said they're leaving. Because when you're a son, you don't stop work when the clock goes off. You stop work when the work is because you're a son, you're, you're a daughter, you're an heir and a joint heir. There's a significant difference. That's why God doesn't just want you to, to view yourself as a servant. He wants you to view yourself as his offspring. Because when you are a part of his kingdom, now you know you are functioning, working, and performing for the kingdom of God that you are an heir with, just like Jesus Christ. He, the Bible says, the Bible says we are a joint heir with him. Puts us in a category where we're not just working for something. We're literally working for a kingdom that we're a part of. The Bible says we're going to rule and reign with him, the Bible says. So literally, there's a significant difference in sonship and servanthood. I, so it's a, it's a completely different concept. And when you begin to get it, now you begin to actually walk in favor because it would have broke my parents' heart if I ever walked in the house and wondered if I could have a glass of milk out of the refrigerator. We had, they had three boys. We drank a lots of milk. Praise the Lord. And it was back, I don't know if you guys remember this, when a gallon of milk would go bad according to the date like the next day. I don't know how they did it. 
I don't know if they have like mutant cows now, but now it's like, when, when's the milk going bad? It's like April 22nd, 2030. In those days, it was like, you know, going bad the next day. And my mom would be like, y'all need to drink this milk. I'd be like, yes, ma'am. Praise the Lord. Pour us a bit. And we didn't do the 1%. Okay. It was whole milk. Praise the Lord. The only reason we drank whole milk is because mom wouldn't let us drink the heavy cream. We like that too. But a son walks in, a daughter walks in and partakes of the blessings in the house. But the reason they're authorized to do that is because the price they're willing to pay outside the house. Do you see what I'm saying? When favor hits your life, a lot of times trials hit your life. When favor hits your life, you have to recognize there is a cost. The Bible says they rode that donkey to Bethlehem and they, and, and she started going, Oh, Joseph, something's happening here. She'd never had a baby before. Oh, Joseph, something's happening. I, 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 he's kicking to something. I, I, we got to get to a hotel. It's no problem. I know there's a beautiful comfort in right down here. It's going to be wonderful. And he goes and there's a sign out front that says no vacancy. He said, no worries. There's a Holiday Inn right over here. We'll go to the Holiday Inn. It's going to be great. He said, we'll just be chilling there and we'll get in there. And there's a sign that says no vacancy. And then he says, fine, we'll go to Motel 6. They always leave the light on. And he gets to Motel 6 and knocks on the door. He said, the light's on. He said, do you have any room? He says, no. We don't have any rooms. He goes, man, you got to give me a room. My wife is about to have a baby and it's God's son. And the innkeeper says, listen, nut job. I, I, I don't know if you're having God's son or what. That's the craziest thing I've ever heard. But I don't want her just having a baby in the desert. So I tell you what, you can stay in the barn. They take, get to the barn, and all of a sudden she has this baby. They wrap the baby in swaddling clothes. Swaddling just means strips of cloth. They wrap the baby in what they had. They wrap the baby up, and they laid him in a manger. Manger is a fancy word for a feed trough. Prophetically showing you and me that the bread of life was being delivered in that very moment. They laid him in the feed trough. Shepherds heard about it and came and worshiped, and everything began to change. And those that needed God, those that were not against God, began to see that there was a very different thing happening. But when favor was pronounced on Mary's life, Mary's life changed. Can I say it differently? What you're going through is directly contingent upon the level that God trusts you. If you're going through something this big, that means God trusts you this big. Oh, you don't know what I'm going through. If it's big, that means God trusts you. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter number 10, it says, he'll never allow you to be tempted past what you can bear. So if it is coming into your life, that means God has already decided this is somebody that can withhold what's going on. This is somebody that can bear that temptation. Pastor Jensen Franklin was speaking the other day and he said this, he said, I used to see great preaching and teaching gifts, and I would think, man, I wish I had that gift. He said, but now I've gotten older, and I know what it costs. He said, when I see somebody with a great anointing on their life, I say, oh, my goodness gracious, what cost did they go through to have that level of gift and anointing on their life? Because favor has its moments, but favor means sonship. It means a son or a daughter. And a son or a daughter doesn't 
clock in and clock out. We don't clock in and clock out to the call of God on our life. We don't clock in and clock out to believing God. We don't clock in and clock out. No, whenever things starts to go to hell in a handbasket, we don't start shaking our fist at God. We start decreeing and declaring the next promise. The Bible says the Lord is with you. Can you imagine that? She's sitting there. I'm going to marry Joseph. I'm going to marry Joseph. And all of a sudden there's a man where she's perceived. Gabriel standing in her kitchen. Hail Mary. You have found favor with God. (gasps) Who are you? What are you doing here? Listen. God is with you. Let me just say this. Don't waste your time. Praying and asking God if he has left you. I'm going to say that again. Don't waste your time. Praying and asking God if he has left you. The Bible says he will never leave you and never forsake you. That means when everything feels hard and everything gets tight and the devil is breathing down your neck, you just know you do not stand there alone. God is with favor is on your life. It has its moments, but you have to remember that God will never, ever, 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 ever leave you. That means in the darkest moment of depression on your tear soaked pillow, Jesus Christ is right there with you. He, I'll never forget this. I'll never forget this. I was in college. Y'all want to hear a weird story? I'll tell you a weird story. I was in college. Some of y'all were like, no, I don't want any weird stories, preacher. I was in college and I had about 15 minutes before class. And if you've ever been to college, you know, that means you can take about a seven minute nap. So I figured I was going to take me a quick nap before I had to go to this class. And I went to sleep. And while I was asleep, something came in my room. It came in my roommate was there. Something came in my room and it put its hand on my face. Didn't touch me, but it put, put its hand. I was laying on my back and it put its hand right on my face. And all I knew is it was an evil, wicked thing. That's what I knew. It had its hand right there and I couldn't breathe. I couldn't move. I was just, I was just, I was frozen somewhere between awake and asleep. But, 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 but my spiritual eyes were open. This thing was there. And it said to me this, it said, don't sleep long. And then it repeated itself. Don't sleep long. And then it, it laughed at me in a, just a very, a laugh that, 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 that indicated it had won. It laughed as if, as if the fight was over, as if, as if the whole thing was over. And, and just as quick as it happened, I, I came to myself and I woke up and I jumped up and I started looking around the room and I ran to the bathroom and I looked in the bathroom. I looked in the closet. And my roommate said, what's going on? I said, man, you had to have seen that thing. He said, saw what? I said, never mind. <laughs> But I sat there and from that day on, I began to read my Bible more fervently than I ever had. I've always been very studious. Even whenever I was uh, uh, doing things I wasn't supposed to, I was always very studious. But that day, I just decided, that's it. I'm going to stay in the Word. And I asked the Lord later, uh, years later, I said, Lord, why did you allow me to see that? Because it was in that moment, it was just petrifying. And the Lord asked me a question. He said, what did you do different? I said, I started reading my Bible more. He said, that's because my word was sufficient to sustain you until you were going to fully commit your life to me. 
See, the, the reality is, is sometimes things come in your life that are unexpected, but the word of God begins to move and begins to shape and begins to shift. And so I'm having this conversation with the Lord. And I said, Lord, why'd you let me see that? What happened? And the Lord said, he said, what'd you do different? I said, well, I started reading my Bible. He said, my word was sufficient to keep you alive, to keep you nurtured, to keep you built up, to protect you until you're willing to give your whole, whole life to me. And then he asked me another question. He said, what happened? I said, the thing left. He said, I never did. You see, God will never leave you and knowing he'll never leave you is enough to sustain you through the battle. Come on, give God a big hand of praise if you're thankful he'll never leave you. Says you're blessed among women. You have to know that you're blessed among your peers. You're blessed among your peers. You're blessed among your peers. Your Bible says you're blessed and you cannot be cursed. It doesn't say you won't, they won't try to curse you. It says it won't stick. What are you scared of? Nothing. I cannot be cursed. Well, why do you believe that? Because the Bible says that. He said you found favor. Well, favor means you might have to ride a donkey when you're nine months pregnant. You might have to raise something and then watch it die. Favor means God's trusting you. He says, I'll never leave you. He says, I'll always be with you. God is with you. And then, then he says something so strong. He said, you're blessed. Blessed. I'm blessed. You're blessed. What do you mean I'm blessed? I mean, you're blessed. I mean, I mean, you don't want to know the cup that somebody else is drinking. Jesus, the Bible says in the garden of Gethsemane. He asked his disciples to pray, and they fell asleep. He's praying, and the Bible says that his sweat became blood, great drops of blood. He's praying fervently. Gethsemane literally means, Gethsemane literally means a place of pressing, squeezing. And he's just being squeezed. Sin and all of sickness and disease is beginning to come on him. The Bible says the government rests on his shoulders. They're beginning to come on those Galilean shoulders. And he's beginning to feel the whole thing. And he's just being squeezed and squeezed and squeezed. And he says, Dad, could you imagine? I have three children. There's a certain cry that can come from only them. Dad! I've heard it at night. I've heard it in the daytime. I've heard it from across the house. I've heard it out in the out in the yard. I've heard it out in the pasture. When they cry out to the one that they know will give every single thing without a thought to rescue and ransom them. Without a thought, I would do it. Dad! This is so heavy. Dad, I, I feel shame. I've never felt shame. Dad, I feel, I feel these things. I feel sin. I feel the weight of it. It's so heavy. Are you sure I can do it? If there's any other way, let's do it another way. Let this cup. I don't want to drink this. I don't want to be whipped. I don't want to be tied to a post. I don't want to be spit on. I don't want to have a crown of thorns shoved on my head. I don't want to carry a cross up a rock hill and be murdered on it in front of society. Angels are at my beck and call. 
this cup. I don't want a spear in my side. I don't want to drink this cup. But not my will. Your will. Can I translate it? But if that's what it would take to rescue them, I'll do it a hundred times. If that's what it takes to ransom them and pay this price, I'll do it a thousand times. Not my will, but thy will be done. Nevertheless, I'm not interested in the beating, but if the beating is what it costs, then bring the whip. This was the cost of your blessing. So when we look at somebody else's life and we say, oh, I wish I had their life. I wish I had that. Oh, I wish this. I wish my kid wasn't struggling in this area and they were struggling in that area. I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish. All these different wishes about somebody else's life. It's like saying, I wish I could drink somebody else's cup. You don't want to drink anybody else's cup. You want to drink your cup. You were strategically designed to drink the cup that has been handed to you. You were not designed to drink my cup. I was not designed to drink your cup. And the minute we get out of order, the minute we begin to covet somebody else's blessings is the minute we start dealing with the issues that we were not designed to deal with. See, your cup was designed for you. What we have in the body of Christ is a significant amount of people that are committed to a certain degree. But when it gets past that, now it's, oh, you're doing too much. Oh, you're taking it too far. Oh, you're this. Oh, you're that. I'm reminded of a guy named Joseph in the Bible. The Bible said Joseph, he was ostracized by his family. He wore a coat of many colors and his brothers were jealous and they decided to get rid of him. They threw him in a pit and told their daddy they'd killed him, that something, somebody, that something had killed him. They sold him into slavery. Slavery found himself working in a, in, a, in a man's house in Egypt, which represented bondage. He was lied about. He was thrown into prison. And then out of prison, he was placed in the palace and became the prime minister, second in command to all of Egypt. Bible says that he would constantly talk about Jehovah God and what Jehovah God could do and would do. And he was so convinced that Jehovah God was going to deliver the Israelites out of Egypt and he was going to set them up in the promised land that he even told him, he said, listen, if I happen to die in the process, when God shows up, dig up my bones and carry them out of here because I'm not just committed to this thing to a certain point. I'm committed to this thing to the bone. You see, in the body of Christ, if you really want to see God move in your life, you got to remove the restrictor plate. You have to remove the, well, I'm committed to God as long as I see this happen. I'm committed to God as long as I see that happen. Because the minute you say that, you just told the devil all he has to do to get you to get off track. He doesn't know everything. 
Sometimes we should keep our big mouth shut. Come on, look at your neighbor. Just tell him, keep, no, don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes we're, we're telling our hand. In my house, from the time my children were born, we have not allowed it to be said, I am scared or I am afraid of. I understand kids are kids. We're not telling them they got to jump on a snake or anything stupid like that. But we just choose our words a little different. I don't want to be around that. I don't like that. That's not my goal. That's not whatever. But we're not going to talk about being scared because the Bible said God didn't give me a spirit of fear. He gave me power. Come on, somebody. Love and a nice sound mind. Look at that mind. Just nice right there. Just sound. Nice and stable. Nice and secure. Say, does it feel like that? Let me tell you what it feels like. But God gave me a sound mind. So in the process, you got to recognize the favor of God has a cost. You may have to ride a donkey for a while. You may have to carry a promise that nobody understands. You may have to deliver that promise in a place that you never thought would be suitable for a promise to be delivered. You may have to protect that promise. It, was year, it wasn't just a few years later. She had to go to Egypt to hide her son just to make sure that he lived. You're going to have to protect that promise that God put on the inside of you. And when all hell is raging against you, you're going to have to remind yourself that God is with you. That he would never fail you. He would never fail. He would never leave you. It's not who he is. He'd never, ever, ever leave you. And then you've got to remind yourself that I'm blessed. You say, well, what if I don't see it? Then drag my bones out of here. Well, well is Jesus going to come back? I believe he's going to come back very soon. I really do. Do you think it'll be in, in, do I think it'll be in my lifetime? I don't know. But to the bone, there has to be a commitment. I'm about to teach a series in, in January I'm calling Knock, Knock. And the question is, who are you answering the door for? The question is, what are you bringing into your house? The question is, what are you strategically going and getting and bringing in your house? And what are you, uh, because of a, 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 a concept, what are, you, what are you dealing with that you don't have to deal with? There are certain things that, that, that Christians are dealing with. They don't have to deal with them. The Bible says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And anybody that will let me in, I'll come right in. Jesus said, I'll come right in. But the Bible also says there is a thief. And anybody that comes in other than the door, that's a thief. The thief is trying to knock on the door of your life. When you don't answer it, he's still trying to slip in. So the question is, how can we close the windows and get serious about doing what God has called us to do and quit having to fight all these petty fights with the enemy that aren't even the real fight when the favor of God gets on your life you got to know it's going to cost you something my children they get unrestricted uh, instruction from me unrestricted because they have unrestricted access to me they have unrestricted access to the blessings in crystallized life and because of that the instruction flows like a river that's the picture of a son or daughter of God. When you get the picture of what he's trying to do in your life, now you start recognizing, hey, the fact that I'm going through this means God thinks something to me. It doesn't mean God did it. Don't get it twisted. 
God's not up there throwing sicknesses on people. The devil is a liar. But if you're going through it, God knows it. And here's what he's going to do. You, you sit there and say, well, I don't understand this one part of my life. It, it's just so miserable. Well, let me tell you something. Baking powder is terrible also by itself. But you can't judge the recipe based off of one ingredient. If you don't have the baking powder, you don't have a fluffy biscuit. And you need a fluffy biscuit. Praise the Lord. We'll get on keto after the first of the year. We're going to eat our biscuits in December. Some of y'all were like, that's the best thing you said all day, preacher, right there. Hashtag biscuit. You can't judge the whole thing based off of one ingredient. You got to look at it. Last point I'm going to make. There's a guy in the Bible named Job. His name is spelled Job. Pretty long book in the Bible. But it tells the story of a man. And the Bible says he's upright before God. And, and everybody around him honored him and loved him. He was excessively blessed. He had great family. had great uh, businesses. He was just top of the world. And God's having a conversation with the devil one day. He said, what are you doing, snake? And he said, well, I'm just going around seeing what I can destroy. And God says, I almost, I almost feel like it's like this, like he nudged Gabriel. He goes, watch this. He goes, <coughs> have you considered Job? And if you just read it, you'd think, man, why would God sick the devil on Job? Because what happened was, is Job lost everything. Everything. The devil came and just brought all kind of issues into his life. And if you read it quick, you think, why would, why would God do that? Doesn't he love Job? Why would he sick the devil on Job? That's not what happened at all. God knew he could trust Job. So he sicked Job on the devil. See, when you're going through something, that means God can trust you in the process. Oh, I thank God. Oh, wow. He must think something to me that he's allowed this thing to come in my life. I know I know exactly what I'm going to do. What am I going to do? I'm going to stand. Well, what, 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 what if you get tired of standing? Well, after I've done everything that I can do, I'm going to stand. Well, what do you mean? How long are you going to stand? Well, I don't know. But, but Job said it like this. Though he slay me, yet will I serve him. I'm not backing off on this thing. Well, well, what if you die in the process? Heaven is not a penalty. Heaven is our great reward. No, there has to be an elevation of the commitment in your life where God can look down and say, hey, I can trust you to endure some things. Well, how can he trust us to endure? Because he's already placed in us in a, in a position of great favor. He's already promised to never leave us. And he already said we're blessed in the process. He's not going to let one thing come on you that you can't handle through the power of his son, Jesus Christ. There's a shift that comes when, when, when you begin to get some of that bulldog faith. You know, you can take candy from a baby. But you better not try to take a, bull, a, a bone from a pit bull. You might have been a baby Christian at one time, but you're going to go into, into 2019 full of the word of the living God, filled with the power of God, filled with the spirit of God. Come on, somebody give God a hand of praise in this place. You're going to go into 2019 built up on your most holy faith, ready to go 
going to war with the devil. There's not one thing that you can't do through Christ Jesus. They say, oh, I've been through a lot. That means God trusts you a lot. The Bible said, to whom much is given, much is required. The Bible says, those that have been forgiven of much, love much. Haven't you ever noticed that those who have the most speckled past seem to be those who are filled with the most grace? That's because he trusts you. That's because he has his hand on you. So you get in a place like this, you join a life group, and you begin to remind yourself. You may say, oh, God is with me. I thank God for that favor in my life. Why am I having to endure this? Because he trusts you. I don't want to go through it. Jesus didn't want to go through it. Let me tell you what he said, though. Tell you what the word said. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. When you think about your children serving God, your great-grandchildren serving God, when you think about heaven and the glory of that place where the light of that beautiful city is the Lord Christ Jesus, and you walk through that pearly gate, and your loved ones who died in faith before you meet you, and those who you've had an impact in their life come, and they thank you for telling me about Jesus. I wouldn't even be here without you. And you're dancing and skipping on those golden streets, and all of a sudden, without any of the veil of spirituality, you behold Christ Jesus face to face, and the first thing he said to you is, I told you I was for preparing a place for you. I told you that if I were to go, that I would come back, but I would send that comforter. Didn't you use him? Wasn't the Holy Spirit a great comforter while you were down there? Now look at what we really had planned for your life. Come, let me show you your mansion. Oh, I don't need a mansion. Well, the book says mansion. So get used to it. Come on, let me show you your mansion. You go knock on the door and open it up. There's your grandma. Hey, mijo, come in here. Let me show you around. All of a sudden, there's your neighbor. All of a sudden, listen, listen. And you can't find a tear in heaven. Because they've all been wiped away. For the joy set before us, we gladly endure it all. One scripture says, I count it all joy to fall into diverse temptations. I count it all joy when the devil's trying to take me out. I count it all joy when issues come in my life. Why? Because I know God is going to make a way where there was no way. Oh, but you don't understand. I don't want to drink your cup and believe me before God you don't want to drink mine we hope you were blessed by today's podcast if you'd like more information about Pastor Brian or New Heights Church visit newheightschurch.info and be sure to follow Pastor Brian on Twitter and Instagram until next time thank you so much for liking and sharing